reviewing the 20th anniversary Buffy fancast. I am your watcher, Kinsey. I'm your watcher, Dylan. And I'm your watcher, Jack. All right. So, potentials. Bit of bad news. Your watcher, Adrian, has been abducted by the master. We are in tense, tense negotiations, formulating a rescue plan to get her back. So she will be back. We will get her. But that is why she is not here this week. Negotiations are a waste of time. Kill them all! Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) We know that's what's going to happen. This is just, you know, just a little fluff. (laughs) It sounds better. (laughs) So we have all watched, what was the name of this episode? Puppet Show. Okay, I'm going to rename Puppet Show to Giles Crushed Velour Nightmares. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> there was a lot of crushed velour, mostly on Cordelia. Yeah. But it was terrifying. <laughs> what is velour? Velour is like velvet. Oh, okay. It's like faux velvet. So, okay, it, yeah. from context, that's what I thought it was, but I wanted mm-hmm. to be sure. Yeah, and in 90s, crushed velour was... The thing. The thing. So anyway. (laughs) So yeah, The Puppet Show, which is a a really interesting episode where they spend a lot of time misdirecting you as to where the bad guy is. It's actually a beautifully written episode where the bad guy is in plain sight the whole time while they're pointing you at not the bad guy. Yeah, they do a lot of red herrings in this episode. Were they pointing us, the audience, at the bad guy? Oh, no, they weren't pointing us at the bad guy. Sorry, they were, they, pointing they, us were, at they, were they pointing us like because I never felt like Sid was mm-hmm. the villain. Like, I, like I, um, like I, the dummy was being stared at at the beginning by something, the thing that was mm-hmm. like, "I will be made flesh," like. Mm-hmm. It, like at the very beginning, Morgan and Sid are like sitting mm-hmm. there, and Morgan is rubbing his head, and um, and the monster is like looking at the ballerina who's like got her leg up in the air, and then he turns over, and then you see Morgan and Sid. Mm-hmm. So from that moment, I was like, okay, Joss isn't telling us the bad guy is Sid. Yeah. But the like everything in the story does seem to lend towards Sid being the bad guy, but I think that misdirect is just the. The good guys being misdirected. Yes. Not so much the audience. Yeah. So I had no memory of this episode as I was telling Donna. And so to me, I didn't feel it was a misdirect from Sid. I, I, what I felt was whatever this monster was, was looking for his potential victim. And that was, and it's all Sid. So it was going to possess mm-hmm. Sid. And so I, I followed that bunny trail mm-hmm. with the red herrings and everything between that one and mm-hmm. then our introduction to Principal Snyder. Because they yeah. projected that quite a bit that Schneider is uh, he is I must say Schneider is played by Armin Shimmerman who was on Star Trek as a quark and uh, he's been on some other stuff but but basically I knew him before as quark me too and I'm really convinced he got the part of quark because of the natural shape of his head Undoubtedly. His head is already shaped like a Ferengi yeah yeah and every time I saw him in Buffy I was always like He's a Ferengi. Like, he is Quark. Quark yeah. somehow came down to Sunnydale. Yeah. Got a, got a face, got a makeover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lost the lobes. <laughs> and one thing I, I noticed, right at the very beginning, Giles refer, referred to Snyder as Fuhrer. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was, you know, 
we're we're twenty years past the time this was made. I was actually just a little bit uncomfortable with that use of the word, but it clearly Giles does not like Principal Snyder. You know, given the state of politics today, I was very comfortable with the use of that term. <laughs> I guess it just gets thrown around so much. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, one of the things, like, immediately the first set, his first act is to be judgmental of Buffy, Xander, and Willow. Mm-hmm. Also to show, like, how observant he is because he was able to basically throw their own words back at them. Yes. Laugh. And I did love Giles' little smile when they got... Yeah. <laughs> nope, you're going to be in the talent show. Uh, but I noticed, like, especially later when he's talking to, uh, Giles, like, you get his perspective on children. Like, he thinks he knows everything. He thinks he's got it all settled in, and, like, and he believes very strongly that things were better before. And, um, and, like, as much as he hates children, what he hates really is the generation, like, that is beneath him. Mm -hmm. And, um... And he specifically actually decries liberals for their thinking and empathy, which leads them to being eaten, like Mr. Flutie was. Yes. And uh, and so, and so it, it's funny because a bad thing happened to somebody, and he cannot help himself but blame that person for their behavior, which led to them being victimized, which is a very very like. Which is very much like sort of in the eye, like right mm-hmm. now, like the. That sort of like the conservative worldview. Yeah, absolutely. He was. He definitely came in that way. Yeah, yeah. Mocking, mocking, touchy feely, and. Well, and I like with that first speech that Schneider gives. You know immediately who he is. That this is going to be a problem. He mm-hmm. is going to be a problem. That there is, and he never deviates from that. And I really just love that. And I had forgotten that. Yeah. As it, you know, when he's first speaking, it's like, oh, that's exactly who you are. So. Now we know what we're dealing with. He's also a ninja. Like, he shows up, and he, like, appears in front of Buffy, and it's like, what? But isn't that, though, kind of the way with uh, <laughs> any, like, teacher you may or may not have liked, especially the ones you may not have cared for, they seem to be like a ninja that they appeared out of nowhere, mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, yeah, I don't like you, so suddenly you're here. It's I, it, was, it was very fitting. I had a teacher in vet school who was well-known to be a very uh, straight-laced good Christian man, and uh, he happened to come around the corner. I don't even remember what it was, what I was doing, but I was mimicking somebody jerking off. <laughs> and so he came around the corner while I had my fist in my crotch and my throat, my pelvis thrusting. <sighs> Sounds embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Anyway, that is uh, off topic. Cordelia is a terrible singer. Cordelia is—I mean, I actually was fairly impressed with Charisma Carpenter for managing to sing that bad. Yeah, I think even bad singers can't sing that badly. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, real quick, back to Snyder. The touchy feely comment. I love that quote. Sunnydale has touched and felt for the last time. Uh, and Armin Schimmerman delivered that line so perfectly. Yes, he did. So, what was Willow wearing? Like, during, when you first see her, when they're sitting watching the talent show, it was a sweater with multiple colors. Her pants had different prints. Like, it was, it was loud even by 90s standards. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like, it, <laughs> it just, it, it broke my brain a little bit. 
I, I, I was, I, I was very impressed with the moment when, um, because they had Sid do the whole, like, uh, what Buffy calls the horny dummy shtick. Yeah. And, and it got to the point where it was a little bit uncomfortable. It was, especially once you get his full story, it was super inappropriate for yeah. him to be saying those things to teenage girls. Yeah, yeah. And I was very, very excited when Buffy shut that shit down. Yeah. yeah. Good for Buffy. Yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, what I've got written right here is Sid is an old... Actually, I drew myself a cartoon. Can you see the cartoon? <laughs> oh, yeah. It it looks like... It's like a normal curve, but it's not really... It's more like a, a line, then uh, break into a semicircle, and then <laughs> and then the continuation of that line. And then there is, there is a line that crosses through the semicircle. <laughs> it says, the line, and that's basically my graphical representation of Sid leaping... Over the line. Over the line. <laughs> yeah, he was very creepy. Very, even after finding out, yeah, he's he's one of the heroes that's still like, ugh, yeah, no. So, um, as you know, I, I talk a lot about loving the McElroy brothers, and Travis McElroy is doing a, a rewatch, so I've got to give him credit for making this note, that Buffy wears a lot of... Of animal prints, she wears leopards and and tigers and and she's a predator. She's the slayer. So I think there may be a little bit of a, you know let's 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 put her in a predator's skin and show that she's a dangerous person. Well, that's better than my note on the outfit. My note was uh, her coat was as long as her dress, and her dress was super short. <laughs> I did notice the fingertip length thing. Yeah. Her hand was kind of at, in, not a fist, but her fingers were definitely curled up, and the skirt was at the length of her curled up hand, which means it was most definitely not fingertip length. Mm. School dress codes, man. Snyder should have said something. He should have. I'm surprised he didn't. Well, he did identify as the most problem kids. That's true. He did. That's true. And no, and no doubt it was because of that skirt. <laughs> that whole outfit, if she'd have worn something different, in her career, at her time at Sunnydale might have been completely different if she had not had the short, short dress. So they find the ballerina dead with her heart missing, and this is the point where my fandoms collided, because I'm a big Supernatural fan, and missing heart is a dead-on clue that there's werewolves around. Mm-hmm. But we're not in Supernatural, we're in... Sunnydale. So, <laughs> so it was not werewolves. Um, but I did love, as they were as they were loading the body out, there was an adult. I don't know if she was supposed to be a teacher. I don't know what she was supposed to be. But she just kind of had her hand to her face like, oh, not again. Not, not, oh, God, a student is dead. But a student is dead. <laughs> Get the body out of here. <laughs> When when Buffy uh, when Buffy is confronted by Giles uh, by sorry by um, Snyder, um, so she destroys the locker door, and um, and I was like, oh shit, how's she gonna like explain that? Because she was like, oh, I'm getting into my friend's locker, and uh, and then the door latched when she closed it, and I was like, hmm, lost opportunity for Snyder to be like, what are you doing next to this broken locker? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, 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 he did not observe that interaction. I think it was just, there is a there's a student here after, way after school hours missing in their locker. He was focused person, not, this is mm-hmm. what you're doing. That was my thought. Um, 
This was another episode where we had Buffy going to Giles and saying there's something wrong, and Giles dismissing her, which is just, it, it's something we've seen before where he's on one hand going, you need to learn to trust your instincts, and then when she says there's a problem, he's like, no, 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 no. He backed down faster this time, though. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he was much more quick to be like, well, it looks like it's a human because of the knife, but then Buffy was like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like that to me, and Giles was like, okay, let's do some research. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it was definitely progress on that. Xander I... was a dick about it, though. Xander, <laughs> Xander, Xander's least, least heroic moment of the episode was when he got the dummy and he was like, I want to show you how stupid your thoughts are. Like, beating sit against the table. I'd say I didn't take it as so much as a dick. I thought of just as a good friend busting your balls for like, okay, this is, you know, look, this is what we're seeing here. Now, granted, it turns out Sid was, you know, was animated and wrote in a lie, but I kind of took it less dickish and more. We're close friends. I'm going to bust your balls on this because I think it's funny. Sure, sure, sure. He did have a heroic moment where he knew so much about Cordelia that he was able to be like, Cats, she comes up to you and she's bothering you too much. Say something about her hair. <laughs> and that didn't happen in the show, but we can imagine that it happened because Giles later says, Cordelia, your hair. And he's like, oh, is that, sorry, she says, excuse me, something about some, your hair. And then uh, she says, there's something wrong with my hair. Oh, God. <laughs> and then well, she leaves. Well, I didn't we realize because that was her nightmare. Yeah. Her, her hair... And I was a little, as a curly-haired woman, I was a little frustrated by what her nightmare was. But at any rate, her nightmare was having bad hair. But I did. That was what Giles used to deflect her when she wanted to mm-hmm. rearrange yeah. the talent show order. That was yeah. what it was. Like, oh, your hair. <laughs> so I giggled at the apparent uh, dancer band rivalry that yeah. happens that I didn't know about. Was, oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a new one on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things where, um, like, Joss does high school so well. Mm-hmm. Like, he did high school so well. It was so much, like, regular school for me. It was much more than, like, the cliques and stuff. Like, I didn't feel like we had cliques so much as we had, like, individuals. Like, like Cordelia, who, like, ruled over everything. And, like, you had the other, like, people who kind of represented... Like, it, it was just it was just much more like my high school, so, like, it's one of the reasons I love this show so much. I'm having a completely off-topic conversation here, and I apologize. Something happened on Facebook last night that had me a little frustrated, and I may end up just editing this out. But I have, I have among my Facebook friends, I have several people I went to high school with, and one of them was really one of the popular kids. He was, he was you know, football team, all that, very popular. Another of them was in ROTC and not nearly as popular and they got into a political debate and he said to her I looked back at my yearbooks to see if I could remember who you were and I don't even remember you being there and in the context of who it was in the context of he being one of the popular kids I really felt like that was a horrible thing to say yeah 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 it seems pretty horrible okay thanks for that validation yeah <laughs> um Anyway, so back, back on topic. Empathy is a skill, though. It's, it's a skill that you have to practice. I just, I just felt like in the context of where they were in the high school social structure, that was a really, really horrible thing to say. Well, it's, you're basically... You weren't worth my notice. Yeah, you're basically telling someone your existence doesn't matter. 
Yeah. That's that's all you're saying is that you are such a minuscule blip yeah. on the radar. I don't even know who you are. I even looked at the yearbook, couldn't even find you. Yeah. That's I mean that's basically your. So if you're listening to this episode, yeah, because even if that's true, because even if it's true that you didn't pay attention to that person, because like we don't pay attention to everyone around us anyway. You don't just don't say that kind of stuff. No, like, yeah. like we have all sorts of terrible thoughts that we don't say, and with right. good reason to don't say the horribleness. Yeah. <laughs> So there's the show Buffy that we watched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's totally something Cordelia would have done. That's true. Yeah. So Xander has Sid, and Buffy goes looking for Morgan in the theater for some reason. Why Morgan would be in the theater if he doesn't have Sid, I don't know. But Buffy goes looking for Morgan in the theater, and Sid gets away from Xander and drops a chandelier on her. Okay. Now he starts running about the theater in a creepy fashion. And I was like, ah, sorry about that. With the alarm on my phone. And I was like, why? Why are you running around the theater in a creepy fashion? What is the point of that outside of making the viewer think, oh, Sid's the bad guy? Why is he doing that? Red herring. Well, That's- also, also, like, I, I kind of, I love this. When, when you see bad guys do it and you, like, get to know the bad guys beforehand, like when Angelus says it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know why he's doing it. And he's doing it to screw with that person. Like because because the idea is you you make that person uncomfortable, you make that person like upset, and then you cause them to make poor decisions, which makes you win. And as, since Sid is not very strong in his current position as a dummy, he has to be very very guerrilla tactics when it comes to attacking, and that's very much a guerrilla tactic. Make it look like your numbers are bigger than they are by okay. making lots of noise. Running around. Sure, yeah. sure. That makes sense. So I had a different note on the chandelier scene. And my note was we're still figuring out Buffy's strength. And mm-hmm. that I feel like later season Buffy would have, wouldn't have have been as hindered by that chandelier as she was. Because she was like pinned down. It seemed In this case, too long. I feel like it was a leverage. Okay. That, that was when I, when I was watching it, I was like, I think I think that's just a leverage problem. She can't lift it because of the position she's in. Yeah. Uh, but but I also had that thought, like they really have not quite figured out what Buffy's strength level is. Yeah, because you've got the locker thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right now she's got strength level as needed. <laughs> as, as as plot dictates, <laughs> that yeah. is that is her that is her uh, strength level. So I don't know if either of you guys noticed this, but we're kind of in that same area here. Did anyone else notice the creepy demon picture hanging backstage in the theater at the high school? I didn't. No. Okay. It is just like uber creepy. Like you would expect it almost to be blacklit. And it looks very similar to uh, Tim Curry's uh, Monster from Legend. I can't think of his name and I'm just blanking on it. I can see his face. But it was very much with the big horns yeah. and glaring right, right. at you. And it was just uber creepy. And it's like... I didn't realize that was also part of a... Uh, gotta have that in a high school. A little mm-hmm. uh, creepy picture of a demon. It just kind of kind of wigged me out a little bit. Um, one question I had. What was their rationale for thinking the demon was in the show? Because they were very convinced that, that they were going to be able to tell who the demon was. Why did they think the demon was in the show? I don't know. I think I think it probably had to do with the fact that somebody had been murdered on the show, and uh, and then, like they assumed, I guess that that whatever demon it was that was trying to do whatever it wanted to do was going to be close because it's not done 
ideally it's not done because if it is done, then you're done because you can't find any more clues. Um, so hopefully your demon wants to go out and kill someone else, in which case that gives you more time to find that demon. Okay. Um, so I, I think it was I think it was an educated guess mm-hmm. uh, that's reasonable given like their history, um, but it does feel like kind of like a leap if mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it feels it feels like a little bit of a leap, even though like I feel like it's reasonable given their history. It's still like I don't think it establishes well enough why it is that they thought that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I have my next question is the pop culture reference. We've been Kaiser Soze'd. Oh, I love that. I'm really curious if kids who are high school age now would get that reference. I think you would have a select few that would get that reference. Mm-hmm. You would you would have the kids like I was in high school uh-huh. that do kind of gobble up the pop culture and that would hear them and be like, oh, awesome, and kind of <laughs> giggle to themselves. Now, it may be, or it may be one of those, you know, you have the other side. Uh-huh. People are, they hear that, they're like, I don't know what that is. They Google it. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I'll watch that movie, which mm-hmm. is an awesome movie, by the way. So I kind of feel like it was just kind of an Easter egg for yeah, I think that's one of the things that gives Buffy such mass appeal is that you can watch it and not get that and still enjoy the series. Mm-hmm. But if you know this stuff, then it gives you an extra bonus, yeah. which allows this to both be like massively successful as a show and also have cult appeal as well. I agree with that, and I and it also kind of goes to the red red rum joke too. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean that's so oh, prevalent. Yeah, the red rum joke. I mean, yes, that is a very prevalent bit in pop culture, but also at ninety seven. How much was it? Like, mm-hmm. other than like that, you know, niche group that is either Kubrick fans or horror fans or King fans. I mean, it's still kind of, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Well, if you're a horror fan and you're watching this show, you're getting a lot more out of it than that's somebody true. who's not a horror fan. That is, that is, that's an excellent point. I'm thinking, as far as these pop culture references go, even before I had ever seen Citizen Kane, I knew Citizen Kane um, was was known for its surprise ending it's it's not it's not a really twist twist but you know it's it's a it's an emotional reveal so even even before i had ever seen citizen kane or knew what that reveal was i did know that if you reference citizen kane you were referencing a surprise ending rosebud (laughs) yes Rosebud. I think that is though, and I and spoilers. Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. There's all the spoilers in this episode, gang. <laughs> um, no, and I think Jack kind of really touched on it earlier. That uh, I think that's just part of Whedon's charm mm-hmm. is that the the levels that he operates on. Yeah. Just from you know the basic story point this, but he's also talking about this, and then you have the pop culture stuff. Like it's just it's a wonderful little soup. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Well, let's, uh, so now we get to the climax of the show, and I've got to say, Giles, for being a very, very smart man, when that magician said, here, get in my guillotine, that magician has not done a single damn trick right all episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, fuck you, no. Giles gets into a lot of situations that I wonder how he got in there, but at the same time, like... Like, they sort of play off a little bit like the street smarts versus book smarts. Like, street mm-hmm. smarts 
it, it was much more popular idea in the 90s, but like street smarts are like the, oh, I'm, like I got the wits and like, oh, you can't fool me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very down to earth. And Buffy, I think, represents that. But then you have Giles who represents like, I know all the details about all the esoteric subjects that you want to cover. But but if you tell me to get into your deity, I will trust you. So I have to tell you, so my, my note on who the, the, the villain is of this episode, Mark, all I could think of, and I don't know if either of you have seen this movie, all I could think of was Empire Records. And there's a character on it called Mark, and he's wanting to start a band. Well, he spells his name M-A-R-K. Well, in the movie, I care, uh, someone asked him, well, what, how, what's your name of your band going to be called? He's like, oh, it's going to be called Mark, but spelled with a C. And then this guy's name is Mark, spelled with a C. And that's all I thought of was just that's the villain was that guy. Mark and it just spelled with a C. And it made me laugh so hard, and it shouldn't have because it was just dumb. I really like the design of his uh, of his um, little box where he made people disappear. Yeah, like I, I love the design of his name on it. Hmm. it. Looks like it was just made with red tape. It looked really cool. Now they had a lot of the, the talent show had some good production values, especially Mark on the tricks. It's like. That's not, that's not a half bad looking box there. Yeah, Giles was woefully unimpressed with some very talented people. <laughs> Giles has a very high standard that unless you're meeting it, he is he's just gonna be Well let's let's talk about that for well, a second because let me just tell you. Well this public school never produced Hamlet. <laughs> um Giles has a fairly high level of disdain for at the very least Xander's intellect through the entirety of Giles' run on this show. Um, but Giles is alive because Xander grabbed a rope. Okay? Yes, yes. He, he was a split second away from his brains spilling onto the floor, if not for Xander grabbing that rope. So yeah. Giles should really be nicer to Xander. That was really close. Like, I I was... Like, if Xander has to save you, like, or if Willow at this point has to save you, then, like, then you were really close to death. Mm-hmm. Well, and I did like that Xander figured out the smart angle. Like, he's the one that figured out, oh, crap, Giles is the one in trouble. Like, uh-huh. he, I, I enjoyed that, that. And I really felt, to me, Buffy and the Scoobies felt like what everybody remembers this yeah. episode. Like, this, to me, felt whole. Yeah. Like, like how, how we all remember them based, you know, not the early episodes. Like, they really came together like, oh, yeah, this is, this is who yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's the Slayerettes. Mm-hmm. Slayer and the Slayerettes still. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's where I am out, uh, except for the question, what is it? Is it avant-garde? <laughs> As they're reciting Oedipus at the end. Unhappy Oedipus. Uh, I love the talent show. Just It made me laugh so much that that ending bit just killed me. I loved when Willow ran away. <laughs> she was just like, <laughs> Done. I'm running. No, this is it. I'm out. <laughs> One thing I did like, and we kind of, I did, I do appreciate uh, Joyce at this point. You know, doesn't know what Buffy really is, but she's so attentive and knows when something's wrong, something's mm-hmm. bothering her. And I really, I do appreciate that because sometimes you get in shows like these where the parental figure just 
doesn't try to understand, doesn't, it's, it's a very mm-hmm. antagonistic relationship right. where it's never that way with Joyce. And I just, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's what made Joyce such a full character, made her so, like, lovable, even though she was, like, she was definitely a threshold guardian through most, through season one. Yeah. Like, it, and season two, uh, she gets to, like, she is still a threshold guardian that you respect and admire, like, you, you can appreciate her for what she's doing. And I love that. Like, if you're going to have a threshold party and make them a character, like, they shouldn't just be a threshold party. They should yeah. be something else. Yeah. Yeah. She really, I mean, they really, I, I appreciate the great pains that they've taken with her and, and not made her that. I remember years and years ago, before I even started watching Buffy, uh, they, I think it was Entertainment Weekly, did an article about, you know, shocking TV moments or whatever. And they talked about, uh, Joyce finding out Buffy was the Slayer and her reaction. That was one and of their... tried not being a Slayer? She <laughs> <laughs> did that. And so that was... So I guess she was already on my uh, mind. Yeah. Because of just that article. Yeah, that was what I got. Do we have anything else? What else have we got? We have really low sound levels is what we've got. Except for that. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> it happens. Maddox has things to say. Maddox has opinions. So I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. let's. Uh, do we have thank yous and what all? Well, I want to thank everyone that is following us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you're not, of course, my my always my first question is why not? Um, if you'd like to follow the shenanigans on Twitter, we are at once more w buffy, and then on Instagram we are once more w buffy. And we just post pictures, things going on, and just shenanigans. Shenanigans ensue. And if you enjoy, uh, if you enjoy listening to our voices, uh, we do have two sister podcasts in the Snarkcast network. Uh, first one is Collective Snark, which features Donna and Adrian and their friend Michelle, and they always have a guest. Jack and I have been guests on it, and it's just geeky pop culture goodness. Uh, they've got an episode about Doctor Who. They've done one on Rogue One. I was on the Rogue One panel, so it's kind of a plug there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they do just a lot of fun stuff. They cover a lot of ground, and it's just definitely should check it out. Jack, would you like to speak on our other sister podcast? Oh, yeah. Our other sister podcast is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond, Cabin, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods or on Twitter at at Beyond the Cabin, and you can support Beyond the Cabin in the Woods on Patreon at patreon.com slash beyond the cabin. Do that. Do that. That's always good. We Listen. Just, yeah, I'll it's a really fun podcast. Yeah. Like, it's really it's really worth listening to. They get into a lot of shenanigans on that one, too. They do. I was just going to talk about that we did a big cabin yeah. push. Yeah. That, uh, so Beyond Cabin has myself, Donna, and Adrian on it, and our friend Debbie, and like Jack said, we watch horror films. Well, we just did a big cabin marathon where we watched Evil Dead 2, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, the Evil Dead remake, and Friday the 13th. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. The cabin was creepy. There's fantastic pictures up on our Instagram. So definitely check it out. Four movies in 11 hours. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, gosh, we don't have Adrian here. No, we do not. No one to say... Grr, arm. <laughs> That'll do. Thanks, guys. Bulldog. We're the lead. You're the living. Bulldog. Bulldog. We run out of tears to cry.